Life is an incredible archive of stories. If you do it right, or even if you do it wrong, just living long enough will supply you with a treasure trove of memorable adventures. The following memories take place over many decades. So settle in with a cold one and let me tell you a story. I've always believed that every choice you make, no matter how small, sets up your life for every choice that follows. Listening to this podcast means you're not doing something else. The choice to listen to a podcast may seem unimportant, but you never know where even the most mundane choices will lead. That's what happened on a rainy night when I was returning home from eating dinner. I was sitting at a stoplight on Riverside Drive in Los Angeles, thinking about a fast-approaching writing deadline and staring straight ahead. For some inexplicable reason, I turned my head to the right and noticed a young, curly-haired girl sitting all alone on a bus bench. She was waiting for a bus that I knew wasn't going to come. Just then the light changed, and I couldn't move over to tell her that she was waiting for no reason but I knew I couldn't go home because I would end up spending the entire night worrying about the girl sitting all alone on a bus bench. I decided to go to the next corner, make a right, go around a really large block, and come back in the outside lane in front of the bus stop. That would take me five or six minutes, but if she was still there, I'd ask her if she needed a lift. I kind of figured she'd say no to some guy in his early 30s driving a black pulsar, but at least I will have made the offer, and I'd sleep better knowing that I tried to help her. When I came back around, she was still sitting there. I stopped in front of the bus stop and hit the button to lower the passenger window. I told her there were no more buses coming that evening. I asked if I could give her a lift somewhere. I expected her to say no, but... To my surprise, and for reasons that I still can't understand, she said yes and got into the car. She told me she'd been fighting with her boyfriend and was trying to get to a girlfriend's house. It turned out that she was a recent transplant to Los Angeles, which explained why she didn't know the buses didn't run that late at night on Riverside Drive. When we got to her girlfriend's house, I gave her my phone number and told her to call me if she found herself needing help. I never expected her to call, but to my surprise, a few days later, she did. We talked for a while before she told me it wasn't working out with her recently befriended roommate, and would it be okay if she stayed with me for a few days while she worked out the details to get back home? If I said no, I didn't know what would happen to her. I had plenty of room, so I said yes. She knew I was handicapped, and maybe that made me less threatening, or at the very least, the lesser of two evils. After all, I really couldn't run after her if she felt threatened and ran away. A few days turned into a couple of weeks and then several months. During that time, we acquired a Himalayan Persian cat, which she named Kish Lorraine. I don't know why she chose that name, but I do know she loved that cat. I introduced her to some of my favorite haunts, the most important of which was the deli where I ate two or three meals a day. Even back then, I was a terrible cook. They had steak fries on the menu, and I suggested their homemade blue cheese dressing to go with them. She'd never had that combination, and immediately thought it was the greatest thing since, well, the invention of the french fry. 
We traveled a little, talked a lot, and as the months went on, grew to care deeply for each other. Our relationship couldn't have been going any better until the day she said there was a family emergency and she had to move back home. I always felt that the emergency had something to do with why she had left in the first place, but it was the one thing she wouldn't talk about. Even though she didn't want to go and I didn't want her to go, I knew the situation must have been important enough that she had to go. We located a nice-sized box that had previously held a television. The plan was to ship all the things that wouldn't fit into her suitcase. After everything was packed, she joked that there was still room to put me in the box. The next day, I took her and Keisha Rain to the airport and said goodbye. Those were the days before social media and texting. The only way to communicate with someone was by telephone or mail. I wasn't much of a letter writer, so we continued to talk by phone until, as sometimes happens, we drifted apart. That's where this story should end. Boy meets girl. Boy loses girl. Boy and girl move on with their lives. Then about four years ago, I received a social media message that she had been searching for me. She was excited to have finally found me and said she had thought about me often over the years. During the past 30-plus years, she'd gotten married and raised a family. I was glad to hear that between the bus bench and now, she had created a good life for herself. She disagreed on how we met. She thought it was a sunny day, not a rainy night. That probably says more about the differences in our personalities. I lean towards serious and pragmatic. She, on the other hand, is hopeful and fun-loving. Then she said something I never expected. She told me that she regretted never putting me in that television box so she could have me close by. She also told me that the time we spent together were some of the best memories of her life, and she thanked me for helping her find her way. She called me by the nickname she had given me so many years ago, Marcus Welby. It was a reference to a late 60s, early 70s television show about a family doctor who always seemed to make patients better in the space of an hour. We have continued to communicate through Facebook and Facebook Messenger. On an almost daily basis, she posts one of those Facebook games that predicts everything from your perfect house to your perfect life based on your personality. In between, she posts famous quotations of hope and life. Occasionally, I respond with a less than serious answer. She usually replies with, You're silly, Marcus Welby. She's the only person who's ever had the right to call me silly. In a recent Facebook post, she said she was going through some medical stuff, but she would get through it and everything would be fine. A few days ago, I realized I hadn't heard anything from her in about a week. I figured she wasn't feeling too well, which would explain her lack of social media posts. I also knew that Facebook has a tendency not to show all friend posts as they're posted. They sometimes take days to circulate. I went to her Facebook page to check out her latest update. Unfortunately, all I saw were condolences to her family. We have a tendency to go through life looking ahead at the future or back at the past, but we neglect to look around at the present. We stare at our phones as if nothing matters 
which, in a way, is no different from me as I sat at that red light on Riverside Drive, looking straight ahead and thinking about work. But every choice we make affects the rest of our life. In the end, it doesn't matter whether it was a sunny day or a rainy night. The only thing that matters was that I turned my head and looked at what was around me. That choice changed two lives forever. Until the journey brings us together once more, take care and stay safe.